0: All right, I'll tell yous again. I was in the boat. I'd picked out my favourite lure, found the perfect snag. The sun was nearly down. I'd been flicking for ten minutes, just about to pack it in, when bang! They were on the bite. Okay, on today's show, we've got Shane Banks from Wilson Fishing, Bargy from Tackle World Wagga, Brad from Inland Angler, and our special guest is Merv Hughes. This is On The Bite, a panel podcast aimed at all those people who like fishing, hunting, camping, and just want to hear from the people who are involved in making the gear. know the spots, or just like to get outside. G'day, I'm Holdy. we've got Matt, Logues and Laz, and what are we up to today, fellas?
1: Corey, Holdy, Logs, how are we going, mate? Look, like, this is our first show. I reckon I'm pretty excited about this. This is an idea that's come about from about six months ago, and it's just started to come to fruition today, and, you know, and... The beautiful studio we're in. Per- per- <laughs> perfect spot for the You could have turned the weather on for us, man. Yeah, I know, I know. The big budget we had to spend. But no, <laughs> we're coming from um, my back shed. Uh, this is where, the, as you know, I'm Matt from Gangster Lures. This is where they're all put together. So um, where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, it's the magi- magic machine. Yeah, yeah. It, well, we're, we're actually broadcasting from the magic table because if you see some of the uh, shots played on this pool table after a few beers are pretty magic. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, no, nah, we've got the fire going. It's um, You know, you might hit the old dog bark here and there, but like we said, we're not in any studio. We're just coming live from the shed where most of you blokes are probably going to be listening to from or on the water or in the car. First up, what's your uh, pet fish's name there? had not got a name. had not got a but name. No. Well, there's but, a comp right there. Yeah, I well, know. <laughs> name we that come fish. Up one. But um, there's about ten yabbies in there. We could probably have a get a few names going there. The brady or a feed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you notice. That, <laughs> or a well, fish. Well, that's right. All, all the yabbies that
1: have survived—they're um, obviously a bit big for in the handle. So, but um, yeah, it's uh, not a bad little thing to have a look at when you're sitting here over a night or a day and making lures because they're they're not a bad indicator of. Of um, what's happening in underwater, and as you want to call it, that you know, not stuff Yeah, you know, because that's where he is. He's underwater, even though it's only a sort of two meters by, you know, 500 and 600 deep. He's still he's home there. He's got his own little spot, and he he just acts as if he's out in the in the river. So it's not a bad little thing to watch. As a so what you're gun. saying
0: is, when he uh, starts to do his thing, all lures are dropped, and you're out.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'd love to do that, but when every, when he's he starts early, doing his sing, I'm making everything for everyone else to go out. But... He's an early warning system for a good day's fishing. Oh, he right, is. He yeah. is for a but, good day's business. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, you know, it's not all about gangster lures. But I, I don't mind just sitting here watching him. Yeah. Some nights, you know, Did you
3: touch your lures in there? Or? No,
1: no. But I, the boys, the kids, come in here and they do dangle lures inside. I shouldn't say inside on the outside of the tank. And he's getting to the point where. It's not a bad little color tester, actually. Should say because sometimes they come and and rattle some lures on this side of the tank, and if it, and and then all of a sudden they put them in front of him, and and it's actually a pretty good test, actually, because sometimes they wave them right in front of him through from the outside of the the tank, and he'll follow certain lures all the way to the other side, where <laughs> some he won't even bother. And I and I'm guessing it's color and all that sort of thing. So, oh. but um, yeah, no, then I'd, I'd highly recommend if someone was going to get a fish tank. Still go to your tropic and all that sort of stuff, but make sure you drop one of them blacks in it because you will clean them up for you. <laughs>
2: That'll be fun to watch.
1: <laughs> Righto. So we got some pretty uh, some pretty
4: big skills sitting at the table as well, as far as fishing goes. So Matt, yourself, you're a very accomplished fisherman, is that right? Is that fair to say? Is that your <laughs> first you joke, your... Corey?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Loes. Is that your first joke? Yeah. Well, well maybe. <laughs> no. Look, I I I come into the industry through um through as like I said, gangster lures. Um, that's my part of the fishing game, but then I like getting involved in the whole fishing scene and the community that, that, that the actual outdoors fishing scene is. Um, we get involved in many competitions, we go to many as go to as many as we can, or we sponsor as many as we can. We just try and get involved as much as we can because um, you know, I think uh if you don't do that you'll go nowhere and not so much just in business, it's just it's uh been a great thing like personally. Um I've met so many people, you know, well you three guys sitting here now but so many people I've met through the fishing game and become great friends with, and, it's, and and I'd highly recommend just... If you don't have a boat, it doesn't matter. Go and get a rod, go and get a mate or your dad or anyone, go and throw a worm on a hook or go and get a lure. Go find a spot somewhere and just sit down and have a good time because, honestly, if, if when you sit back and look at, over time, you think, jeez, I wish I had went with my dad or I wish I had done this or... We should have went, you know, instead of sitting watching the telly, but,
3: mm. you know, it's not yep. a bad thing to get involved in. What about um, yourself, Legs? What's your fishing experience?
4: My fishing experience is very, very, very limited. So I uh, I throw a line in about twice a year. My dad, uh, my dad and my brother, we go for a fish, and it's more about um, that... That time together and doing something. Just the guys, there's the dogs again. If you can hear the uh, dogs, um, in in it's the it's a well guarded shed. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, you have
1: got to have
3: that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Area 51. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and uh, so yeah, just just get out and have a fish with my dad. But I oh, look, I love fishing. I love going out for a fish, and I've got a lot to learn about it. Um, to be honest, which is you know again why I'm I'm glad to be involved in a program like this, where not only am I going to be able to bring uh the silly questions i suppose or the layman's (laughs) questions to to the people who are listening who don't really uh understand or or want want someone dumb to ask these questions or inexperienced but i'm also going to get to hear from experts in the industry firsthand uh, and ask them those questions that other people might be scared to ask or never thought to ask uh so i'm looking forward to it there's really
1: no such thing as a dumb question there's some people give silly answers but People say there's you know common sense. It's all common sense, but at the end of the day, if you really sit back and look at common sense, how do you get common sense? And mm. you, that's through experience. Someone yeah.
0: had to ask that silly question to begin with. Didn't <laughs> that's, they? Right. that's right. That's right.
1: That's <laughs> right. You know, and and I mean, yeah, there's you can take any answer to anything or anyone's words, anything you way you want to so say, you want to interpret, it, what you want to do with it. It's just yeah, where you go. But I wouldn't be um, saying that there's any dumb questions. But right. Um, I think you'll ask some good ones. Logan, throughout the show, I think you'll, you'll probably come I've, up with some good ones, I think.
4: I have written a few down, so <laughs> yeah. I read the paper today, so let's see how we go. <laughs> right,
0: well, hey, Corey, tell us a bit about you. How'd you get involved?
3: Oh, jeez, oh, I, I don't mind wetting the line every now and then. And um, I've got a group of mates that we go fishing with, uh, fat bastards, and... Um, <laughs> and that and that's only social you know that was a a means to um stay in touch you know there's guys i've known for over 20 years and a lot of us grew apart and it took um a death of one of our mates and to um sort of jog out jog us into um gear and and work out a way how we could stay in touch and fishing was the the best way to do it and um it's just taking time out of work and family and going out and having a beer and, and a fish and, and, you know, we make time to do that, so that's how I sort of got a little bit more into fishing than I'd usually been. I never did it as a kid and, um, oh, I just love it. I love getting out into the wilderness. Oh, I do a lot of kayak fishing and I love my kayak and I just, you know, I just love meeting guys, and you know, like yourselves and, you know, like I said, I've got guys I go fishing with that I've known for over 20 years, so... It's just a really good um, way to. Um,
1: how, how do you fit into that club? I mean, you. you I'm not it's fat, am I? <laughs> fishing's that's what I was going to say. Fishing's <laughs> about telling you know if they hold up the the hands, they sort of get two or three hundred <laughs> mil further than they really should be apart say how big it was. But you've just said Fat Barson's Fishing Club, and you're in a size small trackies and shirt. so oh, how that, does that work? Uh,
3: that was a long time ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a diet. No, it's a. Uh, it's, well. I can't tell you what the original um, name for the club was we couldn't um, print that so but, so you
4: probably can't say it on a podcast then oh, well,
3: I could bleep it out <laughs> but no I you know I don't claim to be a rock star fisherman but I just love talking about fishing and um, you know I've, I've got a um, couple of uh, websites I've got fat bastards fishing and um, now we've got on the bite and uh, I'm really uh, excited about what we can do um, just to um, start the conversation about what is such a good sport
4: well you know a good social sport sport. yeah Mm -hmm. way to spend
1: your time with just trying to do something that you know that take you into a bit of an insight into you know you wouldn't (coughs) normally get to speak to some of the people we'll talk to and lure makers and those sort of things and you know you always read about the back on the back of the packet or in a in a magazine but we're sort of pretty lucky that the bulk of these people are agreed to get on, and have a yarn, and they'll they'll answer the questions that most people want to know. Because once you go into a shop, you can ask the the guy, "What, how should I use this or whatever?" and he's going to tell you. But you know, it's actually coming from the um the guy who makes a lure himself and, and and those sort of things. So, you know, we're going to be able to give you an in- insight in the products. We'll that, try to anyway. Yeah, well, that's right. Plus, so. also,
0: you know, just looking at the guest list here, there we're talking to blokes who actually fish too, aren't we? Yeah, we're talking that's to right. guys who get together and, and made a bit of a Facebook page and yep. they just go out and post their photos of their fish and their adventures. Yeah, and know, I think you know, everyone loves that, don't
1: they? You watch TV shows and telly's great, you know, and influences a lot of people. There's that many fishing shows on telly. And, and like we, you know, it's uh, how many fishing shows are, they're always out in the middle of the ocean and doing this Beautiful and that. Which, yeah, it's always great. But I mean, we're here in the middle of the river arena. And we're talking, you know, fresh water fishing. And, I mean, you do see on some of these shows here and there, they come in and flick for a bit of cod and a bit of trout, but it's only here and there. Yeah. yeah. And, and and they just give you the quick tip of some product that they're sponsored by or something, which is great, and it helps you out. But we're just going to try and go that bit a little bit further because this is where we are. Mm. And, and I'm sure many people out there will be listening from the coast. This is where we fish. That's right. And, and like we said, we're talking from blokes that cover from down in Victoria up th- all the way out through to... Top of New South Wales and up Queensland, yeah. and and just giving you a good variety, and answering the questions that most people want to know. And
0: there's a hell of a lot of rivers and dams and and uh, lakes and in that in between that area. Isn't yeah, there? that's right. So
1: Hopefully, we get to talk one day while we're out in the boat on one or something. <laughs> or, yeah,
4: that would be nice. Well, halting how do you how do you fit in with us with the, with this motley crew?
1: Well,
0: uh, I'm uh, uh, an actor in my spare time and. Uh, Lucky enough to do a couple of feature films around the Wagga area, and I met uh, Lazar. Sorry about the uh, voice. then. But I met Was that Laza, acting? That's acting. Yeah, yeah. Could, yeah, yeah. That's good, you, years, people. I think a uni. demonstration. Yeah. He went to uni
3: to learn that. Yeah, yeah.
0: five years it took me. Yeah. Um, and ran into Corey, and he's always told me about these different things. So he asked me to come on board, and
3: I've always been talking about fishing and uh, fishing projects, and. You know, we even did our little sketch comedy thing, mm. and that was good. And you know, I, I, that's how I I found that um, Halty loves fishing, and uh, you know, especially.
0: I don't really do much, but I um.
3: I was talking about.
0: <laughs> growing up, I um, you know, well, I grew up in Leighton so the river wasn't far away either. And we had the canals, and every year the. Channels were empty, so we'd go spear fishing for the carp. <laughs> so, yeah. and I uh, wrecked a few of Dad's uh, antique uh, wool shears, <laughs> broke them in half, taped them, <laughs> taped them to a stick, and went out and stabbed carp. It was but, great days. I that can would have tell been you. back in the day. It was, yeah. yeah. They were big carp too. They were, yeah. they were big to us back then. Don't
1: yeah. no worry, they're still out there now. the big ones. Yeah.
0: Righto. So our first guest on our first show is Shane Banks from Wilson Tackle. How are you, Shane? Mate, how
5: you going?
1: Good, mate. How are you?
5: Not too bad. Mate,
1: quick, tell us a bit about your role. What do you do for Wilson fishing there?
5: I'm a, a sales rep for, for Wilsons throughout New South Wales, predominantly Sydney, mid-north coast, uh, coastal areas, but I also do the, the Riverina and a bit of the western run out through Dubbo and Parks and, and those sort of areas as well.
1: So you got a few miles ago.
5: Yeah, got a few miles to do every every week, but um, mate, great job, love doing it. Um, you know, I'm a fishing addict, so it's uh, a good industry to be in.
1: Yeah, well, that's how I met you. I think I uh, got you guys got on board the Wagga Classic, and yep. um, yeah, you came down, and that's five years ago, and many beers and many lines cast since then. So no, it's it's uh, been a great friendship, and um, I think you've tested a few times out. We'll, we'll have a few beers, haven't you? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're just going to talk. Um, you know, I've got uh, one of the slick back lures in my hand, so mm. you know, these fellas here they're not a bad looking lure, a little hard body lure. They range from, from sizes of what I've got a 50 mil one here up to what's the biggest one they can come in, so biggest ones are
5: 100 mil, there's a 50 and 80 and 100. Yep, um, different diving depths, they get deeper as they get bigger with the, the size of the bib in them. Um, so you're, you're your 50 mils about that four metre mark. Your 80 mils about the six metre mark, and the hundred's about eight
1: metres. Yeah. So there's a little story behind the slickback. Anthony Pavlov's another Pavlov's another uh, rep. Yeah, for fishing.
5: And um, yeah, very good cod fisherman, very successful cod fisherman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's put a lot of time and effort into those lures, and um, yeah, it sort of shows with with the results with those lures over the last year or two. A lot of people catching fish on them, and uh, they're becoming relatively popular
1: yeah they're a nice looking look at some good colors now, now these fellas had a little bit of a, a revamp over the last 12 months too you've, you've put a bit more into them haven't you yeah we
5: did we uh, we changed a few of the colors um, you know, your traditional black and purples and black and reds and black and whites and greens those sort of things that people like uh, stayed in the range but we chucked we a few slightly out-of-the-box colors in there for people as well and yep. uh, beefed them up with chemically sharpened trebles, put a bit heavier duty bib into them and a, a much louder rattle into the inside of the body as well, so they've got a, a really good vibration under the water. Yep. So how
0: um, important sorry Shani, how important is the colour on the on the lure?
5: Um I guess it depends on water clarity will play a part in that as well. Um if the water's filthy, dirty and, and horrible then fish probably rely a lot more on that vibration, picking up the lure with their lateral line as opposed to, to visually spotting the lure and eating it um some of those lures if you shine a, a uv torch over them really glow with a, a uv light um so if you've got those sort of conditions where fish can see the lure um that will play a part but um, i think vibration and and that sort of thing under the water particularly in dirty water is more important
0: so they're pretty multi-purpose lures anyway are they
5: very much so yeah yeah it's uh, a lure that you, know, you can cast and, and retrieve you control um it will work in a variety of applications that's for sure
1: so mainly targeted You've got, you know, like if, you, if you're if you holding a packet And we're reading the packet of the, the lure as well They've got, um, <clears throat> you know, they're a new, unique lure for Australian native species So um, I've seen many blokes uh, catch a few few nice cod with these yep. And, um, yep. you know, especially think, down at the Cod Classic I've talked a few bro. blokes They <laughs> <some> a nice photos. <laughs> not okay. yet. Not they're yet They're pretty
0: popular here, Sean, <laughs> anyone's trying to pocket one
5: Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> it's uh, the the good thing about them too is they're a a, a fairly inexpensive lure for people to use too they're, that's a thing uh, i
3: found with them too um y- you get some lures and they're, they're pretty premium prices and my attraction to the slipback was they are you know they're reasonably priced yeah
5: yeah they're a, a well-priced lure that works that's well, the I'm most a, important part about them
4: loads here and i'm a i'm a very very amateur fisherman go out maybe twice a year but i've always used worms shrimp you know some mm. sort of bait like that because for me a lure always seemed like an expensive waste on the <laughs> other end of the line because i get a snag or i'd lose it somehow um so yeah having a lure that's a, a reasonably priced lure is a is a certainly a, a game changer for me as yeah. a amateur every now and again fisherman
5: mm. Yeah, and it's it's not a, a, a real drama. If you do happen to get one snagged up and you can't get it out, you now that happens to everybody. And if you're not down in amongst the snags, you're not in the game. So, <laughs> I
3: like that. Hey, hey, listen,
4: maybe I'm not as amateur as I thought I was. I'm always <laughs> down the snags. Oh, you're a pro.
1: While you're talking about <laughs> getting them snagged, you, you guys actually uh, sell the uh, Wilson lure retriever, don't you, on the pole?
5: Yeah, we do. We've got a couple. Um, there's two lengths in it. From uh, There's a 12-foot and 18-foot telescopic one. Um, and you know, all, all it really needs. You know, every boat should have one because you save yourself two lures, and the, the lure retriever paid for itself.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, I've used them plenty of times, and um, you know, I think they're a great thing, especially because I've been to the point where I've had uh, the lure stuck to the point where I've had the lure retriever fully extended. I've got my arm up to my shoulder, down in the water, and 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 you can actually feel, you know, like through the actual the the, the pole itself, compared to say. The old, the old ones that used to be on the on the line, which are still great retrievers, but I just like the one on the pole because you can actually feel, I reckon, what's going on where your lure snagged, and if you you know when you've got the lure or you're bumping, if it's on a rock or timber, I just think you can feel so much through the pole.
5: Yep. Yeah. Just it is a little bit easier to use than uh, the old style one that you slide down your line, but um, and everybody has their preference, but I think yeah, the the telescopic pole is the way to go.
2: Yeah,
1: especially when you can get it in two sizes. I mean, not everyone, I suppose, needs to have two sizes. I suppose, especially where you are, really. in it. I mean, I've got the smaller one, which I, yeah, you know, I think you know, I can go nearly the length of my shed. So I mean, that's that's enough for me around yeah. here anyway.
5: Majority of your river fishing, those poles will will comfortably reach down to where your your lure is going to be. It's only if you're fishing really deep water in some of the dams it's not going to get there. But um, for the majority of applications, it's plenty long enough.
3: What I was going to say, Shane, was um, the Slickback's uh, great-looking lures, but what other lures do, um, Wilson, mate?
5: Uh, we've got a, a quite a big range of, of lures. Um, predominantly what we do is, is push towards the, the saltwater market. Um, freshwater lures, we've got, as you say, the Slickbacks. There are a few of the, the new xeric soft plastics, the Cherubins and the, the shrimp, the live shrimp, um, which are an effective cod and yellow-belly lure as well. And you know, there, there could well be some new ones coming out for for the next season that um, yeah we haven't even seen yet. They've you know, got a big range of Zerek and, and we're slowly but surely introducing those into the market. And there should be a few new ones in there that'll keep the the Valley and cod guys happy.
1: You you were just up at the uh, Brisbane was it Tinny Tackle Show was it?
5: Uh, no, it was the the After um, Trade Show on the Gold Coast at the okay. convention.
1: So you'd had a bit of interest in these guys again. You'd had these new new models, like in the colours on display, and everyone handling them, having a bit of a look. And
5: yeah, yeah, we we, we always put on a, a full full display up there, and and everybody can sort of have a look through at everything that we do. Um, you know, the, the the slick packs have been very well received, and uh, along with some of the the new plastics that were released this year, which which should really really get things going for the Zeric brand here in Australia. And,
1: yeah. So, so they're mainly targeted, like it says, you know, if, you, if the, the freshwater fisher goes into the, into the uh, shop and his local tackle, shop and has a look at the back of the, the, the packaging, you know, you've got Australian native species, what else is targeted for you guys? What other sort of lures that you'll use to target, you know, native species or what other things are new in the world of Wilson fishing for, say, that, you know, freshwater fishing in Australia?
5: As, as far as lures go i think some of the the new xeric shrimps there is a, a little shrimp coming out called a hot legs yeah. uh, got very soft uh, legs with the tips painted in a, a fluoro paint and if you watch that lure sink through the water column the legs actually run yeah right. A, a prawn how it sort of when a prawn swims his legs move um with this one it's very very similar so if you apply that to a a yellow belly or a, or a cod, they can sort of see the lure dropping through the water column. Looks very natural. Um, look think, like
1: a freshwater shrimp here in the in the river.
5: Yeah, yeah, and, and the three inch size will be a, a good size for that. Um, and they'll they'll be about another month until they arrive here in Australia. So. Yeah,
1: right. So well, one other thing that was released in the cod classic this, this last year, the cod opening down at My You guys had the um, the uh, life over the the cod rod, and yep. um, you know, it got a few people interested down there, but uh, gangster lures, as as ourselves, we've you know that's our choice of rod. We've got the gangster lures cod rod, which um, are out there and about, and I think they're a great rod. Like um, you know, we've gone the six kilo one, we've got the cork handle, and you know, it just I think they're a perfectly weighted rod all round. And um, we've moved a fair few of them already, and so many blokes have come back and said loving the rod. It's um, you know they're, they're flicking and spinner baits with them. They're trolling hard-body lures with them. They think it's a great all around rod. Now, at that show last week you were at, was where you actually sort of, the country really got to get a good look at them, didn't you?
5: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, as you say, we released them sort of down at, at Mulwhala last year, and and but the rest of the country didn't really get a look at them until till last week. Yep. Uh, and the fact that they are a, a dedicated cod rod, a bit of design work went into them. We trimmed them and, and changed them a little bit from your traditional, you know, barra-style baitcaster, I'd say. Yeah, uh, we have taken a little bit out of the tip of one of the longer ones, um, so you can throw you know, half ounce, three quarter ounce spinner baits with no hassles. And uh, the little bit shorter <laughs> version, which is a bit heavier, is a, a really good stick for you know if you're trolling big hard bodies that, that tend to pull really hard. Your rod doesn't fold away, so you've still got a little bit of grunt left in the rod when you you really need to drive those hooks home.
1: Yeah, because I, I mean I remember when we first started using them and we were trolling them that, and um you know that one that I bit over a meter there last year at uh, Blair and Dam. I mean, it was just perfect. Everything went well with that rod. I mean, the cast, everything all day, fishing all not You know, you get tired. Some people say, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, if you spend a full day flicking lures, you can get pretty tired and, you know, your wrist can get sore on your forearm. But, I, you know, I thought they are perfectly balanced and it handled that uh, fish up there quite quite well. Um, but cod opening at my whaler, we were down there, and as you know, and we only picked up two fish for the day. We we're just down there for a say good day to people and have a look around. But even then, I had a few blokes had a cast, and they really liked it.
5: Yeah, yeah. They're a, I mean, they're a, an Australian-built rod. They're not a, an imported Chinese style of thing. So um, we've got really good control quality of them, uh, the componentry that goes into them, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, we build a all the stuff that is made here in Australia is built to a, a really strict standard, and 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 we get to put a lot of input into, you know, length of the grips, the type of guide go on it, that kind of thing. Um, So we can give fishermen exactly what they want.
1: I think on, you know, why we went that way too, because of the Aussie built
3: support. When are they going to be available? Oh, you can get them. You can get them now, like Shane's.
5: They are are available now. Uh, They've they've been available for a a few months. Um, They have been ready, but um, as I say, the. Quite a lot of the stores haven't seen them until they made it up to the, the show. They kept that one under wraps for a little bit just as a bit of a surprise for people.
3: So they're available in stores now? Yeah, yeah, oh,
5: okay. available.
1: So you're just about to, what do you got the boat hooked on or something, haven't you? You're ready to head out, aren't you?
5: Yeah, mate, the boat's on. Uh, I'm about to, to leave home and go and put her in the water and go and have a fish.
1: So where uh, are you going?
5: I'm gonna head up Hawksbury River and uh, see if I can find a few brim and um, yeah, have a bit of a, a look around. There might be a few flathead and a few um, do fish around. So,
1: so what's um, any reports up that way? What have you heard? What's coming out of the water up that way? Um,
5: to be honest, probably the the big thing everybody's really hanging out for is the the run of tuna that's making its way up the coast. Uh, yellowfin, bluefin. Um, Sort of getting a few reports now. They've made their way past Burmey and, and past Jarvis Bay, and a few fish were caught off Kyama. So, everybody's really waiting for them to turn up close enough so that we can go and attack them. Um, but the, the water temp really has dropped up here in the last sort of three or four weeks. Um, your salmon are, are really kicking into gear, some good tailor off the rocks and off the beach, uh, and your, your traditional winter species, you know, black drummer and groper and that sort of thing off the rocks. Those guys are. Sort of kicked into gear. We just need the weather to play fair and, and the ocean to settle down a little bit, and you know, we can get a bit more of a
1: crack at them. So you, there's also that. Uh, is it end of the month? Is that Mako compound or something up there in Sydney?
5: Yeah, the the first weekend of next month is the um, the Sydney Monster Mako tournament, which you know, I've, I've fished for for quite a few years now. It's a, a good event, and there is a, a little tuna section within that that tournament, but predominantly it's about tag and release of, of Mako Sharks. and
0: Haven't they got a reputation for jumping in the boat? <laughs> <laughs> they've,
5: they've got a reputation for it. It has happened, but um, that kind of adds to the excitement, I guess. They're a, a really special fish, so they'll outrun and jump just about any marlin out there. So yeah, so, so a, why do they hold
1: that? That told me you, mate. Why is that anything to do with those tuna coming through or that concept? It is a
5: little bit. Um, when the, the water cools down a bit, we tend to get the gem fish really sort of school up and breed out off, off the coast here in the deeper water and the Makos just love those things so they tend to, to turn up around about when the gemfish turn up in, in big numbers.
0: How far out do you go to get them?
5: Uh, a- anywhere from sort of about the 12 mile marks uh, right out to way out beyond Browns Mountain which can be 40-50 kilometres offshore mm-hmm. um, most, so, most guys hang around the mountain because all of the the, the gemfish are there to, to breed, so the sharks tend to hang around that sort of area as well. So
1: right. What do you tie on the line there? What do you use? Like when uh, you what's the sort of bait? Yeah, bait? slick back. <laughs> yeah, 500, <laughs> <Yeah>. 500 mil 500 <laughs> <laughs> mil. What um, what uh, yeah, what do you tie on there? What do you what's the bait?
5: Uh, generally a, a fish bait, whether it be a, a piece of gemfish or or things like salmon, slimy mackerel. Uh, Benito, striped Tuna, those sort of baits are, are sort of the most popular ones. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a 15 kilo only tournament uh, and you must use circle hooks which is a, a good thing.
1: So uh, you got to go fishing before you even get to go, mate, go fishing. <laughs> catch your
5: baits. Uh, catch your baits, yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh, If you want the best of the baits, you go and catch your own. That's generally the way to do it.
4: I was reading the paper today and uh, it said, I've talked about the supermoon and um, Matt and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about how the moon plays a big part in in fishing and and as a non-experienced uh, fisher not a really experienced fisher with the super moon, is that going to make the make your trip out there today a bit you know more exciting is expecting that's going to play a big part in it and obviously the water's going to be a bit rougher i'd assume
5: yeah i'll i'll be fishing this afternoon up inside the river um so yeah there is a bit of breeze about so hopefully i can find a few little places to get out of it and hide a bit but um with the the big moon, I'm, I'm to be honest, mate, I'm really not sure how that's going to affect me today. I think if I fish tonight, it it would play a bigger part. I think fish tend to be a little bit you know, a bit more skittish and a bit more wary when there's a bit more light around. Yeah. Um. And you know, they they definitely cast a much bigger silhouette of a nighttime when there's a big full moon above them. So fish tend to be a bit more wary, but. Um, during the day today, I, I don't know that it'll make a huge part. It will make a difference with the tides. Tides are much bigger when you've got your full moons and your new moons. Um, so some of the areas that I fish, there will be a lot of current flow where there normally isn't. Um, so if I can get in and find some of those eddies out of the back of the current, there might be a few fish hiding in there. Yep.
3: I'll
1: tell you what, for a beginner, Shane, he's asking some good bloody questions. I was, I was
3: just going to say to him, and... because he's a bit of an amateur, I was going to say, when you fish during the day, the yep. sun. Yeah, yeah, the super sun. The oh, the super, super sun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that
1: Not down, down here muscle, at the moment, but... Uh, well, well, we're what? getting wet here, mate. We're actually, as I told you, we're in the in the shed by the fire and it's just starting to spit a bit of rain, but um, I'm it's guessing hardly, that might hit your way uh, soon.
5: Yeah, that might get here tomorrow or the next day, so... Well, hopefully that's right.
3: You guys have been pretty lucky with the weather lately, haven't you? Because you've been getting 18s up that way.
5: It's still quite cool of a night time, but the, mm. the, the we've had over the last few weeks has been the wind. Um, mm. I, I I don't mind fishing in the rain and, and all that sort of thing, but the wind mm. really can play a part. Um, it certainly limits your, your your options of going offshore. Um, it just makes things a little bit difficult when the wind really gets going, and, and it's been blowing pretty hard for a, a mm. few weeks.
1: Oh, you can hear just, that. Just, just, shed. just watch out know. for
3: that super wind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, um, right, mate. Well, listen. Thanks for having a yarn. We'll uh, be in touch again next month and have another bit of a talk and see how your little fishing trip went. And yeah, and, let us uh, know. Yeah, see what ha- what happened. And see how the Mako Classic goes. Along.
5: Yeah, yeah. See how the Mako tournament goes, mate. Mm-hmm. I should hope good results from that one. So, mm-hmm.
1: yep. Right, No worry, Shane. Well, that's Shane from Wilson Fishing. So, we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Cheers, mate. Thanks, thanks Shane. Thanks, but, Shane. Good on you.
5: See you next time,
6: guys. I could spend my days in a lazy boy in a mansion on a hill Or catch a fast train straight to New Orleans Or a slow ship down to Cozumel I could waste away my spare time Watching football with my friends, but I'd rather get my rod and reel and go fishing when I can. I wanna go fishing, cause it takes my stress away. I wanna go fishing. Try and cast my blues away. I wanna go fishing. I don't wanna watch the clock, I wanna i Y'all reading well or new crankbait that's running straight over a rocky ledge or tree that fell a new shiny boat that I can tow to every lake that I can find. So when the weekend comes and the work is done, I got one thing on my mind. I wanna go fishing, cause it takes my stress away. I wanna go fishing cast my blues away I wanna go fishing I don't wanna watch the clock I wanna go fishing I don't ever wanna stop I wanna go fishing cause it takes my stress away I wanna go fishing trying not cast my blues away I wanna go fishing I can't wait leave the dock i wanna go fishing i don't ever wanna stop it's what i love it's number one on my list of things to do i wanna go fishing that's what i wanna do yeah i wanna go fishing that's what i wanna do
2: looking over to the
1: fish tank and i don't think i've ever seen that before i've got a perch in that in that tank it's about 30 centimeters long and he's just sitting there and the yabby is climbing on his you know on his tail and the yabby's just cleaning his tail i've never i've never seen that oh here he goes he's he's uh, had enough I mean, now but look at him he's just he's just sat there and that yabby has just yeah worked his way up and down the back right at the back of his tail just Obviously cleaning it.
3: He's like trying to break in a horse or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's a perch whisperer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I must say, like, I've had um, a few fish in that tank over the years and, and, and yabbies, but I just don't ever... Th- normally, it's, uh, they come past a yabby and the claws go up and they move the other side of the tank or, depending on the side of the fish, they turn around and say, oh, I'm going to have you for lunch, but I've never <laughs> seen that at all. So how long will it keep in for? Oh, mate, he'll live his days out in there. He's just uh, put him in there. You, you, they're a great indicator of when to go fishing. Yeah. Is, that uh, what you got? is that what yeah, you got? Yeah, and that fella there is, you know, a lot of people have caught in their tanks and everything. You know, everyone's got their own opinions, but I've had a lot of fish in my time over the over the period in that tank and the perch, uh, yellow belly. Uh, they're probably one of the best fish that I've found as an indicator. Over, they're just, you know, you talk about the moons and the full moon and. And the super moon over <laughs> here, <laughs> but you know you talk about that and uh, like well well years ago before the red thing rule came in you you, ha- you had to kill them on the spot now and they're mm. a pest now they've always been a pest but I had two reddies in there about twenty odd centimeters once and for two weeks of the two weeks of the month they just sat on the bottom of the tank and then and didn't absolutely nothing and you'd f- wouldn't wouldn't eat nothing but then come the fortnight around that moon that lunar activity all mm. of a sudden it, but it was lifetime. yeah ah right and
3: so it's like <laughs> yeah. hibernate or something. Oh well, yeah,
1: Kinda. I, I just—it's just that way that the moon works and the phase and all that sort of stuff. It's just, um, you know, like they say. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, the best night to go is on the full moon," and the best nights to go on the the, the night after and that. I, I just don't think so. I think the best time to go fishing any time, but the best time to go, if you you know, you can increase your chances, is within that fortnight of that lunar activity. I found anyway, and through say our page, you know. Um, the reports that come in, and if you d- overlook and do a big study and gauge all the reports that come in that day over over a period of a month, you can see that in certain areas around the country, like freshwater fishing anyway, we're talking now, that the photos of the cod and yellow belly coming through, they it's not so much on the moon. Yep, they do pick the old bigger one up and all that sort of stuff. And I think there's a lot of little things that come into play, but I've just noticed that that fortnight, and sometimes a little bit more, you know, the, the reports come in, and it's not so much just on a per- what about, particular day.
3: Um, barometric pressure, yeah, like, all that a lot stuff. of guys watch that, like, yeah, uh, you know, like a stopwatch. Yeah. And is know, that the pressure just, on a barra, Is it? Yeah, oh, that's what I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but like, I mean, look, there he goes again. Look at that. So that that, that yabby again. Look, you, I've never seen that before. I don't think. I, I, yeah,
3: What's I you, so don't I, know what to say I, about that. I'll make him nervous. Oh no! Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> there go he goes. He's <laughs> on the go. He's, got, he's
0: on the buy. Yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the buy.
1: But um, you know, get back onto that lunar activity. It's it's a thing that um, a lot of blokes swear by. The the barometric pressure and all that <laughs> stuff. That, that a lot of blokes study the guide, if you want to call it the almanac, and they go through all this and say it's the best time and all this stuff. Yeah, you can go. Yep, I think your chances increase if you follow that bit of a trend. But you time. do notice that so much fish come in at the times when you. Least expect it too. Mm. So
0: this weather, like cold, wet days like this, play no effect. Have no effect on. Oh,
1: look, it does. I mean, I oh, oh. <laughs> If Fisher, we weren't doing this today, Fisher, I'd be a
4: Blaring. We'd all agree, fish are already pretty wet. So yeah. try, I'm yeah. not it is a water lying. sport. I said no, that it's, more the,
1: it's more the individual. That's well, that's right. Like, yeah. it, it, like I said, it is a water sport. I mean, I've been caught out like yeah. that with the Wagga Classic. I mean, I've said it, it's still on tomorrow, whether it's rain, hail, or, or, or snow, and, and the river's rose three metres and torrential <laughs> rain. I thought, I, I meant rain, not just, you know, completely us <laughs> out. But it was still on. We still had 400 people hit yeah, the river.
0: You, you held yeah. that one in Miranda didn't you? No, no, that, <laughs> it started, I, yeah, well, started that's... started here, uh, and <laughs> ended up in That's the right, yeah,
1: well, I, no, well, we pulled out down the mouth of the Murray by me the time we
2: the <laughs> boat to shore,
1: but, um, but, you know, it's um, it's just a funny thing, you know. Um, I, I did, we're talking fish, but if you look at those yabbies, I mean, he, he, at the moment, the moon, it's nearly at its peak this mm. month. Tonight, you know, I'll come into the shed and turn the light on, and he'll be carrying on a little bit there at the moment because there's a bit of movement with us. He, he's sort of just happy to no. sit out of yeah. the way but those yabbies are on the move Yeah, so it's obviously playing a role with them as well because sometimes you can come here I know it's winter time and normally in the winter time you know, they say the best time to catch a yabbies any month with the letter R in it because they're the warmer <laughs> months but you will still catch yabbies in the middle of winter but they're not in the numbers that you will get Yeah. but the thing is if you look at those yabbies there now there's a couple not moving there but the rest of them uh, out and about yeah. and has that got anything to do with the moon I don't know with the so maybe. Well, I
0: grew up in Leeton, and we used to get the yabbies out of the cans in the um, in the cement channels <laughs> oh. in the winter time because they'd let them all down, drain the yeah. channels, and you'd walk up and down and get all the turn the wheel. Yabbies out of the air, out, yeah, turn used the wheel,
1: the the irrigation wheel, yeah, yeah. come out of there. But um,
0: none of them anymore. There actually. Oh, it, they got rid of the, the water wheel. They get them all, did they? Yeah. Yeah,
1: right. So eh? Thing of the past.
0: Yeah. Also, I think they're all run by computers.
1: Yeah, well, they are. There's computerised things. There's blokes that wander around all day, long-checking metres and all that stuff, see how much water's been going into someone's mm-hmm. property, as you yeah, know. A water baler. Can't chop the wheel anymore yeah. and let the water
0: run through. But Well, I hope someone rings up, and if they are listening to this, which I'm sure there'll be heaps of people, ring up and prove me wrong. Yeah, well. Because my knife's be still around.
4: That's all right. <laughs> <coughs> let, us, let us know where they are.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, get the
0: yeah. yeah. I'll give you free water. Oh, no, 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 no. We won't go to You know what <laughs>
4: you'd rather be doing.
2: We know what you've really got in mind We know you'd rather be out fishing And today's the day you're going to wet a line Cause every day's a good day Stop wishing Every day's a chance to drift away
1: drift away every Righto, so the next bloke we're talking to is Clarky from World in Warga And he's on the line at the moment Clarky, how are you, mate?
7: Good, thanks, boys. How you going? Yeah, good, good thanks, Clarkie.
1: Good. So so what's uh what's happening out tackle well we're going to talk a, you know it's a bit chilly here in Wagga and around the area at the moment. So a bit of what what's on out there? What can we do in wintertime other than fishing? What do we need to do to keep warm?
7: Uh mate, you you probably rang at the right time. We've got a heap of uh, new winter clothing coming in this year um, from two companies, two really good companies. One's uh Ridgeline and the other one's Stony Creek. Stony Creek are based in um in Tassie, so they uh, they make the right sort of clothing for the the right environments down there and they fit in perfectly up here there's, um, there's a whole heap of stuff anything from waterproof pants just through to a warm jacket to waterproof jackets whole um, whole cross section of um, winter clothing is covered right through from um, um, underwear not underwear what do you call them um, yeah, thermal all that sort of stuff yeah right through to um, what you put on your scone so it's a, it's a really good couple of companies that know what they're doing
1: so what colours i've seen them before they're just all camo and you know they sort of just suit no, the no, there's,
2: a,
7: there's a bit of a mix they they are strong in the in the camos because they they do um make specific clothing for hunters so they're real strong in the in the in the camo but we've progressively put more and more um i suppose non-camo clothing in um different colored greens and blacks and just just for the average guy there because um, not everyone's a redneck and want to walk down the main street wearing a camo shirt. So, uh, keeping okay, the been, rifle no. over
1: the arm. And, <laughs> yeah.
7: We've um, we've just you got to cater for everybody. So there's some really nice clothing and stuff that you wear to the footy, yep. um, or you go and have a barbecue at. But uh, yeah, no, there's a bit of a bit of a cross section.
1: I've I've seen some good photos coming lately of some you know it's winter time, big cod time of um, some blokes wearing these these jackets and they speak highly of them. They reckon they're pretty, they're the they are pretty warm.
7: Yeah, look, I, I wear a, um, one of the Torrent jackets and it's one of the, uh, one of the best jackets I've ever had. It's waterproof, windproof. Um, it's not that thick, but it's, you know, it's very, very warm and the features on it, you really got to come out and have a look at one and try one on. It's, they've got about eight or ten pockets in them and just all the features that they're designed by people who actually wear them. So they're, a um, thing. they're good thing. And the other thing which is really good about them is they're Australian man size, not, um, not pygmy size. So, they're um yeah they're they're well made yeah. hey
0: clarky haldi here um what about hey, gloves go. what about gloves
7: yeah mate we got all sorts of gloves anything from um you know your snow gloves through to, to your fingerless gloves which i reckon are pretty useless i can't see the sense of wearing a glove and then cutting the fingers off it but that's what they do <laughs> <laughs> and,
4: and it's it's legs here mate how do how do i keep my head warm my noggin
7: how do you keep your head warm oh same thing we've got a heap of different beanies everything from scintillate through to just plain old wool beanies to um yeah, there's a whole heap of different stuff. And once again, in all different colours, blacks, blues, camos, uh, even the bright orange for the hunters. So there's a bit of everything there for everyone.
1: So just um, for, you know, like you said, everyone, sizing, you, you can sort of pretty much fit anyone out with these, can you?
7: Or? Uh, pretty much. I think we'd struggle to find one big enough to fit on your head, but most people, yeah, um, wouldn't well, be an we'll issue. To be, uh, <laughs> uh, that'll do him there. That's
1: the Tacklewell shot. That was clarky from <laughs> Tacklewell. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so many people say that where we talk about that that I've got a head for radio, but I was saying to the boys, I I don't know about that because I'm struggling to put the headphones on. So, no, I
7: can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah,
1: but I we, tell we, you
0: we, what, there's m- no mirrors in the places we're all
1: living in. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, well, like he did <laughs> like say, good. he the he, answer to the question, he can size anyone because he wears a jacket himself. <laughs> so, ah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, um.
7: Yeah. Yeah, they no yeah, like started that. small.
1: Yeah, and go up to uh, yeah. Triple. Up to monstrous. Yep, that's good. So we got it covered. Yeah, so there's the, a
7: the whole range of it. And the other thing which they started to do as well, both companies, they've started to manufacture um, boots, yep. um, hiking, hunting boots. Um, um, once again, it's one of those funny things. It's waterproof as long as you don't put your legs in water, because yep. um, the bottoms are waterproof. But of course, obviously, the water's going to run down the top of them. But yeah, they're waterproof boots. You can wear them in the in the uh, wet grass. Um, and two different price points. They're really well made. Um, soles are um, uh, Vibram soles, which are really good quality soles, and um, yeah, no, they're good boots.
1: So are they a, boat, a boot that goes what sort of halfway up your your leg, or are they cut off your ankle lock? Like most you know, like say your, your work boots, or are they like a yeah, you know, got a pretty, long?
7: Pretty similar to a work boot. They're probably, I'd reckon, you'd probably get another um, probably fifty mil on top of your normal work boot up your leg. Just gives you a little bit more um, support and a little bit more protection, but they're. Um, yeah, as I said, they're real good qualities. Um, the guys who who, who buy them all uh, rave about how good they are to wear.
4: Yeah, I've got a set, and I've got to say they're pretty. Yep. they're pretty spot on. Yeah, mm. very comfortable, very warm.
0: On your yep. little, uh, you nearly made a blunder there. And I, it gave me a question: Is what's a good boot like for wearing in a in yeah, a boat. boot? Wearing in a boat? Yeah. So is inner are boat. they? Yeah, like if you're up and about and you're standing around, is are they a good boot to have on?
7: Yeah, they are. I mean, they're not—they're not a heavy boot either. So you could wear them in a boat. Um, What about a kayak? No, I wouldn't wear them in a kayak. Um, I think um, a lot of times you end up tipping kayaks over, and I don't know where I'd like to swim in them. Um, (laughs) Just yeah, I I wouldn't wear them in a kayak. But definitely, um, yeah, you could wear them in a boat—a normal sort of a boat without any dramas. Good
1: stuff. What um, so? You said the tackle world as a general, so you, can you get these, what, in, in every tackle world, can you? Or?
7: No, most of the uh, inland stores you'll probably be able to get through the Ridgeline or Stony Creek or both. Yep. Um, coastal stores, I wouldn't think so because they don't have the, um, the hunting population that we've got around here. Yep. Um, so, But no, most of all the inland stores like Toowoomba and Shepparton and Gulp and those sort of places, um, yeah, look, I think most of them carry it.
1: Yep, no, so they're more targeted in land, which is probably, like you said, most people are going to wear them in land, go you know, hunting and fishing yeah. and wading. So just well, one more question on that. Do, do they make a wader? Is there a wader out of those guys? No, about, or? N-
7: neither neither of those companies make waders, but there's other companies that make them. Yep. Um, and that's one of those things that's pretty much like um, like a lot of things. The more you pay in waders, the better quality you get. There's some really good quality Australian ones called horns yep. that are made down in uh, Adelaide. Yep. Um, but you pay a premium for them, yep. um, but they last and last for a long time. But there's all the generic ones that everyone usually stocks the cheaper in that are made in China. Most guys buy those and use them and are quite happy to use them. Um, you know, you, really your weight is you might only use two or three times a year, so you yep. don't need to spend a huge amount of money on them. As long as you maintain them, the worst thing you can do with them is fold them up and put them away in a, in a little cupboard somewhere because the creases just eventually or crack the rubber. You yeah. need to hang them.
1: That's a good little tip. Most blokes would probably do that, just scrunch them straight back up, put them in a bag or in a box or up in the mm. compartment of the boat and put them in there out of the way. And, and, yeah, you say, oh, I didn't know that myself either, that, that yeah, there's it's not, something not, that's going to crack. And
7: Yeah, it's not an ideal way to store them. You're much better off to store them away from the sunlight, away from heat, uh, and let them hang. Yeah. And that way they'll uh, you'll maximise the life lifetime of them.
1: Just touching on that sort of thing, like durability. The jackets, these Ridgeline jackets and Stony Creek, and those sort of things, they they yep. are they're obviously something you don't need to iron, but they, they obviously can be scrunched up and put in the bag and pulled out and worn a thousand times. I'm guessing they're pretty. They're obviously pretty durable.
7: Yeah, they are. They're not um, they're not like the traditional old waterproof material that we that we've thought about and, and known for years. It's a if you grab the material and and, and have a feel of it, it actually feels like it's um, it's almost fleecy, yep. but it's this new space-age material we are making now that's all waterproof and windproof, and um, it's. It, and the other thing with it is it's very quiet. The, the The hunters like it because it doesn't make a noise when they're when they're walking through the bush. So um, all that sort of clothing now is, is you know, it, that's the way it's heading. It's light and durable, and and um, you know, easy to maintain.
1: Yeah. So listen, while we're talking tackle world, what's um, you know, what's You'd have a few reports, you'd know what's going on around the traps, what's been happening out there, what, what can you tell us, what's been biting and where and what, what on? And
7: Yeah, look, it, to be quite honest, it's a little slow at this time of year, and it usually is, but there's a couple of spots if you wanted to, um, to target a fish. If you're looking for a native fish, I'd probably recommend you hit the Murray somewhere. Yep. Um, we were down at, at Wentworth about four weeks ago, and we did reasonably well. Yep. And most of the reports that are still coming through of guys that are going down are getting fish, some over a metre. Um, but the good thing about down there is that most of the fish are all fairly big fish. Um, I think we've got about eight or nine fish and the smallest one was about 65. So um, they're all good quality fish. You've got to put the time in. You've got to specifically target them. You need big lures, troll down deep, look for uh, lots and lots of timber and, and real slow water and that's where the big fish live. Um, so that if you're after a native, that's where I'd be heading. If you're after a trout, um, I'm hearing a few reports at the back end of blaring there's um some reasonable sized trout that they get caught just need to be aware that where the water moves at the back end of uh blaring technically it's the Tumut river so that's closed so you can't fish that part of it you have to move back into the lake where there's no water flow yeah um and other than that you can be in, you can be all right it's you know some days it's good and some days it's pretty slow so um, if you're looking for a trout, though, I'd, I'd definitely have a go at the back end of blaring.
1: So there's a bit of a mix going on, really. Like you're talking with the natives, like that the cod, you said they're getting down deep. So sort mm. of hard bodies, you're talking into the bigger stuff, or that you, that, you know I think there are. I've seen a fair few, few photos come in lately. There's they're, there's, they're getting on everything really, and they spinner baits and hard bodies. So it's a bit of a it's, mix.
7: It is as long as it'll go deep. Yep. Um, those um, those two ounce or two and a half ounce spinner baits is what you need to use if you're going to target that deep water. Uh, or the um, Australian crafted 120s and 150 mils, both of those are good in the 30 and 40 foot bibs.
2: Yeah.
7: Um, thing you've got to be aware of is that those big fish put an enormous strain on lures. So the hardware that's on the lure or spinnerbait needs to be pretty good quality because if they're not, you're going to lose a, a big fish very, very easily. So yeah. that's what you've got to also be aware of. Make sure you check the the hardware, what 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 it's like. Make sure it's got good split rings, good quality hooks, and yeah. There you go.
1: One other question, I'll give you just down there. What you know, you're targeting those, like you said, bigger fish. What sort, yep. of, what sort of what gauge line you reckon you'd run, like say leader and and say braid? You know, what sort of pound you reckon?
7: Well, once again, it's a personal choice, but um, I pretty much run 30 pound on everything braid, yep. um, and just change the leaders. But a lot of guys run 50, and I can understand why, because some of the fish are pretty big. So anywhere between 30 and 50 pound. Braid and the leader I'd run anywhere between um, 40 and 60. Yeah. Um, sounds fairly heavy, but you're targeting a big fish in amongst a heap of timber. So um, for the for the sake of going from a, a you know a 40 pound leader to a 60, um, so that you don't lose those big fish, it's well worth doing.
1: So I got Logan sitting over here. He's looking. He's probably you know he's, he goes fishing once or twice a year whenever he sort of can. <laughs> He's probably looking wondering what a leader is, I'm guessing. I'm just I, I, I was, actually. I <laughs> yeah. was
4: thinking, I want to chime in here with a question, but yeah. I didn't want to sound stupid.
7: <laughs> a little, the leader's the bloke at the front of the pack, no. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> none, of us. Yeah. none of us. None of us, none of us. A leader's a, a piece of uh, monofilament line, fishing line, that goes on the front of your braid. braid's got a real strong um, uh, strength to it when it's pulled straight, but if it rubs against anything, whether it be a log or a, a fish's mouth, it'll, it'll part very quickly, so... What they do is they usually put about a meter, um, or around a meter and a half, somewhere there, about a of mono, or we call it a leader, um, on the end of it, and it acts like um, it stops the brazen um, happening, and it also acts like a small shock absorber on the end of the line because braid doesn't have any uh, any stretch in it or minimal stretch anyway, and the mono or the leader on the end just gives you that little bit of leeway, um, and it's just it's just a it's a safety feature that you put on. Um, the best way to attach it to your to your leader is what they call an Albright knot, um, and the Albright knots uh, um It's obviously you can't do it over the radio, but it, it's just a knot that you use to tie leaders onto onto braid with, and um, it just makes it really strong. So that, that's that's what you got to do. Is
3: that a difficult knot to uh, master,
7: Clarky? Uh, it's not. It's it's there's lots of different ways you can you can do it, and I've seen it on YouTube and I've seen photos, but I. I fished with a guide up at Wooper quite some time ago, and he showed me a little trick to it. when um, once again, it's impossible to do it over the radio. But um, it, it's, yeah, it, instead of trying it the same way they do in the books, they just show you this little trick to it. And it, it's not that hard to do, really. Once you've shown how to, you've been shown how to do it once, it's it's really easy to do. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it's a knot that you need to check constantly. Um, you certainly wouldn't tie uh, um, uh, an Albright and leave it on there for three or four days. You'd want to check it you know, every couple of hours, three or four hours after you've used it, if you've caught fish, and just make sure it's good and tight. And it takes very little time to tie another one on.
1: So just talking the braid, you said you're running 30. I was sort of, I was sort of in that 30, 35 myself. In that yep. what pound leader would you reckon if you you're running that sort of braid? What
7: would you well, use? It, if, it, it all depends on the, the situation you're using. in. It. Um, if you're in Blaring Dam where there isn't a lot of structure, you might get away with 20 or 30 pounds. Yeah. If you're in the river here, you might use 30 or, or 40 pounds. But when I go down to the Murray chasing those real big fish, then I might up it up to 40 to 50 or even 60 pounds.
2: Yeah.
7: Um, so you're using the same leader, all you do, sorry, the same braid, but you're just changing the leader to suit the, the different locations you're fishing in. Yeah. Um, the more structure, the bigger the fish, the higher the leader pound is you should use. Yeah. There you go.
1: Oh, thanks you
4: for clearing that it's up tough, for me. Huh?
1: you, you know, you're full of oh, yeah, now, 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 you. now I
0: know. Yeah, man of many, many talents. So we can come in and see you, Clarky, and you'll show us how to tie that knot
7: easy yeah look it takes no time at all um and honestly i I can come in and see
4: you and you'll tie tie more for me yeah dropping yeah yeah
7: Yeah. but if you
1: notice when you get in there he does well wear um velcro um shoes right so (laughs) somehow must you can do all these knots but mustn't (laughs) be So, yeah, you've got a concrete guarantee with my knots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, well, there you go. Look, that's cleared a few things up. You know, like I, for years yep. I was all when we, I, I always used to use braid and after I went from the mono, and I never used to use a leader and I sort of started off and then, and then I worked it all out. And then, you know, it's good to talk to blokes because they, they give you that insight that, we like you said, different sort of fishing requires different sort of, you know, even though you're ch- yep. chasing a Murray cod. But, you know, like the same thing, it could be down the Murray towing a 150 mil lure or you could be up here on the bid you're up there and flicking spinnerbaits or trolling a spinnerbait and it all helps you know, at the end of the day when, you know, one of those fish catch, because like you said, you don't want to, you know, you said you your quality, think... you don't want to lose that fish of a lifetime, yeah. just a simple fact of a little bit you're of a knot that you tied wrong or yep. using the wrong
2: gear.
7: Mm-hmm. Occasionally you run into people through the store that, who don't use leaders and, and you know, you'll say, look, you really should be using one. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, i never I never had a problem yet. i never had a problem yet. You can guarantee that you will lose a fish if you don't have a leader on the end. Yeah. It's only a matter of time because um, it's the first time a, a de- decent-sized fish takes the lure in its mouth and the lines on its teeth, um, you know, on its mouth, it's just going to pop. It just takes no time at all. Yeah, so something you have to do. Yeah. over lifetime. That's
1: it. That's what it's all about. So, one more thing, Tackle World, yep. Wogger, or Tackle World as a general, I think we talked talking before, there's something new going on there. Have you got Pulse lures?
7: Yeah, look, um, we've got a, a new guy working for Tackle World Australia, a fella called Brett Wilson. Brett used to work uh, for Shimano um, as their product and development guy, um, yeah. and we've been really lucky getting him to come over and do a lot for us. His first project that he's, that he's from start to go, that he's got going is the, is the Fuse Pulse. They're a, a soft body... Um, similar to a vibe Um, and they're in two sizes there's a 95 and 115 in about 8 colours they are brilliant Um, we've only got them unfortunately towards the end of the season so we didn't get a real good yellow belly run on them but the guys in uh, Queensland who have had them on the tropical fish up there have just brained them um, everyone's raving about how good they are up there um, so we're, we're really looking forward to September and October once yeah. the yellows get going. I reckon these things are going to be brilliant.
1: We're looking forward to it too because what we're going to we're going to talk more about those in the next show, aren't we? We're going to have a bit more of a yarn and get more in depth, and I'm yeah, to talk about those colours and and everything and yep. a bit of pricing yes. and, and what, yeah. So yeah, no, we'll cover all that. Yeah, no worries, Clarky. Well, thanks all for right. coming on, mate, and we'll um, we'll talk to you again on the next show on on the bite, and we'll. Um, Thanks for it. Appreciate it. And hopefully, everyone took something out like I did as, as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great. Thanks, Clark. Great. Thanks, Clark. No Thanks, Clark. Thanks,
7: Clark. Look forward to it, boys. See I you later.
2: I don't have to worry, have to worry whether or not you would love me if I just started. Talking glands over bone and his shoulders are plenty wide enough to lean on and upstairs
3: Okay, today we've got a very special guest. Matt, tell us all about him.
1: Well, this fellow here—he's um, by no means a um, professional fisherman, but if you talk to the bloke, he'll tell you he is. He's a uh, one of the cricketing greats. He's—I um, remember watching this fellow when we were growing up, and I can still remember uh, running down the driveway at home, bowling to me brother, and uh, you know, and I used to get the old middle stump here and there, but bulk of time used to get hit back over the fence but um the thing is this fella here i met out in the water through the fishing game and that's uh merv hughes how are you merv
8: g'day maddie g'day boys
3: how are we good, good thanks merv. merv how are you merv, yeah, you're um, going very
1: well we have a quick yarn about um you know you you don't make lures you you just you love throwing them around and um you've recently been up north you went where'd you go to they went up to the barra classic
8: yeah, we went up to the Barra Classic, so we fished the the Daly River there. Um, based ourselves at Banyan Farm, which is a, a very comfortable setup there, um, just a sort of holiday resort, uh, right on the river. And um, we had five days, six days, um, or five days in in the comp. I had a kids day where we take out um, a couple of kids to try and catch a fish, and a pre-fish day, and we had a couple of pre-fish pre-fish days, and we did no good. Although uh, <laughs> one, one bloke, uh, Terry Ryan, who who i fished with, got a, a metre five, but un- unfortunately it wasn't in the competition.
1: Oh, well, that's
8: how it goes, isn't it? At
1: least he caught it.
8: Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. And, and Peter Light never been out up there, the other the other fella. Um, he, he got a couple around the, the 60 marks, about 57 and 58. And uh, yours truly, um, yeah, made another duck.
2: <laughs> yeah, righto.
1: Uh, hey, just doing that, What, what were you you're flicking lures, a bit of bait fishing, what was going on? It'd be mainly lures up there.
8: Yeah, mainly lures. Um, basically, it's it's the uh, it's the um, Darwin Game Fishing Club, and uh, the the rules are that it's lures only. Yeah. Um, so from soft plastic to hard bodies, uh, most of it is, is trolling. Yep. Um, a few of them sort of flick uh, the soft plastics around, but uh, we, we troll for for probably ninety percent of it, and, and flick lures the the other times. Just uh, when you're sort of hitting the hitting the creeks and the the, the smaller smaller rivers heading into the daily.
1: What sort of what sort of depth you know is that those that river up there? I mean chops and change. I'm guessing what sort of depth? Yeah, mate, up
8: there? They, Yeah, it goes from from very shallow um, where at Woolliana it's very tough to get your boat boat through, and, and we were high and dry one day there. Yeah, uh, I just took the the wrong the wrong route, but um, but you can be you can be fishing in you know 17, 18 meters of water, 20 meters of water at, at times. So it gets uh, very deep in in places, and and other times it's no, um, you know, maybe four
1: or five meters. Yeah, right. So that's, that's pretty good. Like, what? So you know, you, you're basically chasing the barra. You, what, so if you want to call it a bycatch? I mean, what? Did you pick anything else up on the way,
8: or what, anything uh, else you caught? Yeah, you catch your um, catfish, which aren't all that much fun. Um, but uh, threadfin salmon. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so yeah, but, but it's mainly barra there, um, and probably the bycatch for the big barra or the small barra. So. Um, the the rats as they call them up there they're they're under 40 so you got to get them over 45 centimetres to be point scorers and they're only five points till there till um, 50 and then 10 points. Um, for 55, yeah, and then uh, you know, as the fish gets bigger, you get more points. But, um, mate, it's really enjoyable. I've been going up there for the last eight years. I haven't had it's like the uh, cod opening for me. I haven't had too much uh, luck, but um, <laughs> certainly enjoy myself.
1: Yeah, I remember talking in the cod opening, he didn't have much luck, and then soon we. Spoke about where a couple of bites were happening. I can remember looking out and you were sort of roughly where we were pointing you in the direction. But um...
8: oh, mate, don't worry about that. You need all the, I, well, you need all, <coughs> I need all the help I can get. Yeah. But people are getting the bite, but it's it's interesting at Whaler too. There's there's a lot of people fishing for for again not too many fish. And when you think that um, the the Barra Classic goes for five days and basically it's. It's a, a fish, a fish per angler per day almost, yep. um, and and the good fish are catching, you know, five and six fish, and and us nuffies are catching nothing.
1: Yeah, so just just back on that Barra Classic, like the the distance that you can fish, like, have they got boundaries? I mean, what sort of area can you fish over? You know, like, is it 20 k's, 100 k's? What is it like?
8: Um, no, I, I reckon, I reckon it's about. Without without knowing, I reckon it's, it's about um, 40 or 50 k's. Yeah. So we whack in at, at Banyan Farm, um, and you you go you fish downstream from there, um, and you go down to a place called uh, Moon Lagoon. So I've, yeah. I've got no idea. Like it's probably, um, I don't know it's probably close to a two-hour run right yeah, down right to the, yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Um, and then it's very tidal, so you know, there's, there's sometimes there where you can be fishing in in four metres of water. Yeah. And, Uh, a couple of hours later you're high and dry so it's um it's not like fishing at my whale or anything and it's it's very hard to to sort the tides out because the salt water pushes up under the fresh water yeah and the fresh water's still running out so you're just looking at it thinking oh the tides the tide's still going out but the water's rising (laughs) what's going on here so we've been fishing like i said eight years we haven't figured out the tides yet yeah (laughs) you'll work it out
0: move haldy here um good mate good good to talk to you thanks for being a part of this um, my question is, mate, is when you, you're beach fishing or uh, bank fishing, do you use a long run-up or do you just use a short run-up?
8: A uh, very short run-up these days, <laughs> oldie. Um, yeah, mate, just uh, prop and, and sit on my seat, put my feet up, and uh, I don't really get hindered that much by too many bites, so I don't have to do too much.
0: So what's your beverage yeah. of choice when you're doing that, mate?
8: Oh, mate, I, I tend not to drink too much, to be honest, when, when, I'm, um, when I'm fishing. Yeah. I, I suppose you, you want to be... Um, but having said that, every time we open the beer on the river, we we got a bite it <laughs> up on the daily. <laughs> that's right. What... I probably should, probably should open a few more beers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, no, that, that's good fun. And, um, when when we're f- fishing in the comp, we don't really have a have a crack. You're probably just drinking water, soft drink. Um, yeah. you, have a, you have the odd, odd beer, and it's normally sort of mid-strength. Yep. Just so if, if something does happen, you you, you can... You're still missle- a bit yeah, alert. Yeah. You can get um, yeah, yeah, your rod. You, <laughs> you get, yeah, you get your mind, you get your mind around it pretty quickly. Hey. That, could, that could very well be my
4: biggest problem with fishing. I think is the uh, the, the three or four beers and then the sleep you have, and
8: and yeah, you're missing, <laughs> all missing, missing all the bites. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, mate, I, I like that the cricket people people think I'm an idiot, but there's a lot of similarities between cricket and and fishing. Is that um, you know nothing will happen for a long time and then something will happen. If you're not ready for it, you, you miss a chance. So you miss yeah, out, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you may, you may drop a catch in the, in the field or you you may drop that, that fish of a lifetime, which which I did on the last day. I dropped, dropped a huge, huge barra. Oh, no. Um, yeah. oh, mate, I'd, I'd just about given up, just flipped my line in somewhere. I didn't expect the fish to be, and we sort of trolled off and... Whack me reel into gear, and the next minute whack, and I'm thinking oh, I've got a snag. Oh, hang on a second! <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> on I, like, yeah, just just go before I even got a wind. And so uh, mate, yeah, the the thing about it, it's as, as soon as you give up and you're not ready, that's when things happen normally.
3: Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Move. Um, you were saying it's lure fishing. So what what's your favourite lure to use, and um, what type?
8: If I don't say gangster here, this is... Yeah, a, I was going to uh, say... No, 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 no. We're,
3: we're talking to plenty of <laughs> other blokes on the show, so you Who's can... paying you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah, so,
8: um, yeah, up there, um, it's, it's it's it varies. Um, we use a lot of Reedy's, Um so that's, that's a very popular brand up brand up there. Um, classic lures, um, a few Hulkos. did Do throw any around, so, you? Um, yeah, ballistas. Yep. So we 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 use a, a cross section of it. Most most of the fish we got this year, all, all the all the wax that we got this year, in the, the fish were caught on um, Reedy's Judge lure. So uh, was, I don't know whether it was just the shape. They're all different colours, but we all got hit on on that shape lure.
3: Yeah, how many did you lose? But,
8: <laughs> um, well, lost lost a monster the last day. It, it is tough fishing, um, and mate, uh, you're sort of sitting in there and. When you, when you haven't had a, had a touch for about two days, all of a sudden, if you hit a snag, you just, you're just thinking, is that a snag or a fish? I <laughs> oh, hope it's a fish. But, um, but you, yeah, you, you tend to, you, well, you pick up a, a few little ones, you have a, little, a couple of little whacks, you sort of think, oh, you know, that, that's got to be a whack. Um, mm. So you, you may get a couple a day. Um, and, and that's a Just uh, apparently they don't go out feeding, they just slap it with their bloody head, just virtually to tell it to piss off.
1: <laughs> and, and Merv, listen, now, you came to the Wagga Classic here last year, which is you know, obviously a freshwater fishing cop. You came down, yep. and you, you had plenty of time for all the kids, the photos, and saying go to everyone out in the water. Now, I do remember at some stage, I mean, I think it was about 50 degrees there that day, I do remember at yeah. some stage, off come the shirt and we jumped in the river. Now, I'm guessing you didn't do that up there. No, no,
8: no, no. no. <laughs> no. Although, as I said, getting, getting through the shallows one day, we didn't quite get through we all high and dry. And we had to push uh, this boat off this um, sandbank. Yeah, right. And I will tell you what, there's a, <laughs> a little bit of adrenaline. There's a little bit of adrenaline and a little bit of grunt when you're trying to get this boat off a, a sandbank in the, in the Daly River, and you, you're looking <laughs> over your shoulder. Oh, I, I tell you what, Eyes in the back of the head. A, oh, mate! I, and one one of the boys got um, hit by a twig. So we're out oh, oh, no. he, he got t- hit by a twig or a, a little little sort yeah. of um, branch coming down the river. And he was in the boat. Like, yeah. you know, he, it was a living high jump record, without doubt. So and yeah. we got the old fella Terry down in front of the boat. He said, what happened there? He said, I thought it was a crock. He said, what yeah. about me? Like,
0: and a, and
8: looked at him and said, mate, you're on your own. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> like I had a, a mate who went up north fishing and uh, him and his old man were lying on the, the bank. And they could hear the, the fish. The barra diving into the water, splashing yeah, out of the water. Yeah. And he said, we're lying there. And he said, we're fizzing our tits off. He's going, we're going to have a great day tomorrow. And then all of a sudden they heard whack. You know, a great big croc catching a barra. Yeah, a barra. And he yeah. said, we slept in the car from then on. Oh, <laughs> oh mate,
8: yeah. yeah. Mate, uh, Kakadu's, kakadoos bad enough. But you get up there. I've got a mate up there that just said, mate, you don't turn your back on the board and you don't go anywhere near it. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the croc's up there. Um, mate, you swim up on the bank, and as soon as they slide in the water, you're just thinking, mate. Yeah. And it's forty, like it's forty, like it's thirty, thirty degrees, twenty-eight, thirty degrees. It's pretty warm, and and you're thinking at times, you, geez, I wouldn't mind a swim. And you, you <laughs> might be up a, and you're you having a look around, and there'll be just a pair of eyes just looking at you, and you uh, say, nah, mate, maybe exactly. not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wait but till no, I'm mate, about the camp. Yeah. only only go in the water up there if absolutely necessary. Hey, yeah. yep. Favorite Did...
1: fish, mate. what's one of your favorite, favorite... fish?
8: Our oh, favourite fish. Yeah, listen, barra, You can't go past the barrel. Um, I haven't. I haven't really caught a big cod, so I really can't uh, compare the experience. But uh, I think the biggest cod I've got is about uh, sixty. But just the way the barrel uh-huh. carry on, they're they're out of the water, yep. um, and 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 carrying on, and uh, very very similar um, tactics to fish for both yep. um, both species. Um, and listen, I, I don't mind, I, see, I I love getting down the on here and, and catching the brim too. Yeah. Um. You know, forty-seven, forty-two centimeter um, um They're they're real good fun on, on light gear.
1: Well, we might have to change that for that cod. We have a bit of luck when we hit these freshwater masters later in the year. Oh,
8: mate, I'm looking forward to that. Fishing yeah. with someone who knows what they're doing. I'm I'm going to be dangerous. Yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> going with you. <laughs> 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 the blind, leading the blind, we're in trouble. Well, <laughs> uh,
1: it's all right. We'll still have a good time. Anyway, Merv, yeah. appreciate you coming yeah, on the thanks, show, Merv. mate. Thanks for being part of Merv. this too and really um, no worries,
8: um. boys. We'll, we'll catch up the next couple of weeks. Good Go on, on you, mate, move. No Cheers, mate. Thanks, Good mate. on you, move. Cheers, boys. Bye. Hurry into Aussie Disposals now for unbelievable winter bargains. We have amazing prices on our huge
4: range of winter clothing, ski gear, workwear, camping and military fashion. Big brands, bigger savings. Get into Aussie
1: Disposals now. So we've been talking um, different areas, the fish, salt water, a little bit of salt water through Shane, and we're talking uh, fresh water, but we're going to head to another area. You've got a, a guest on the line corey where's uh who are we crossing to brad
3: yeah we're going to talk to brad haynes uh he's the administrator of um kayak southern highlands kayak fishing club up there at and barrel uh, and does a lot of bass fishing how are you brad
9: no i is how is I'm, I'm on the banks of the richmond river at the moment up at um ballina right on the turn of the tide so i should have a rod in me hand. <laughs> <laughs> doing any, any good then <laughs> Nah, oh we just um we just had a flick actually just with a few prawns and the young fella has been getting his first fish so it's been real real good actually
3: yeah, good oh, very good yeah. and you were saying um you were saying yesterday that he um, out you.
9: yeah he got yeah he did well he got um little whiting and two brim yesterday so uh three three zero today, that oh, I handed him one but he lost a couple of beauties actually so that was good it was exciting. Uh, Richmond River. What's the town? What's closest town near that? Oh, I'm on at Ballina. Ballina, um, Don't have to know. Yeah, it's sort of um, the where where the head 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 of the river or mouth of the river goes out to the ocean. There is at Ballina. So yeah, so full of all your good estuary species, of course. Um, Lots of blackfish at the moment. I'm told. (laughs) But you haven't caught one. No, I, I haven't been. I haven't been. um well, I don't know where to get the weed here, and I haven't been um, targeting them. I've and I've only fishing at ten-minute intervals with the little ones. So, um, so we're just going for brim off the um, off the sandy flats. Um, so yeah, it was. No, it's good. They're in here. That's for sure.
1: Surely, there's got to be some bloke sitting on the corner of a bar and some pub can tell you the weed.
9: Yeah, actually, local tackle there was a go. As you know, like I called in and said just something for the kids, mate. Something where I don't won't have to jump ten foot in after them. And no, and, um, nah, they put me right onto it. So good old local tackle, of course. And um, they got the night. You know, they were got all the local bait, and um, they didn't have to use frozen prawns. They'd, get their own prawns and everything so you know as 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 mostly mostly wherever you go you know just sort of call into your local tackle and, and um, pick their brains so that, that helped um because i you know only only sort of go for a 10 15 minute fish with my little boys five year old and two and a half so it's a bit tricky you you, know, you may or may not know with the little ones of course like it's hard to keep their interest so you can get get a little fish early um yeah, the giggling doesn't end. It's good. It's great to see, actually. Yeah, chuffed.
3: Yeah. Now, um, yeah. now predominantly you you do um a lot of kayak fishing.
9: Yep, certainly do. Um, and you own a few fish... too, don't you? Pardon? You own a couple too, don't you? Oh, I've got um, I've got a bass jack, um, one of the Malibu ten footers, I think, just like yours, Corey Sienna. <laughs> terrific terrific sitting kayak for skinny water but um, it's pretty versatile kayak actually because as you know you you can put an electric motor on them and fish the big impoundments um, without any trouble in those and if anything a bit like the, the bigger Hobies you can stay pretty dry in them um, but for for where I live which is in Middigong, Southern Highlands of New South Wales I got the opportunity to fish a bit of the city, Sydney catchment and um, one of the better dams there, um, where you are allowed to fish. Uh, you can't. It's under your own steam or self propulsion or whatever what you like, kayak, kayak, or canoe, really. So I've got myself invested in a Hobie Pro Angler, and I've had it for two years, and I, I do do a lot of fishing from that um, from that vessel, if you like. Um, and I do do a few of the impoundments inland as well, um, and duck and War Angler and I really enjoy fishing from the kayak in both those big dams, not just those dams also Windermere um, and then I just find, yeah, just find that they're very productive to fish from
1: now I've got myself a pro angler too, just got that through um, Outdoors and Beyond here in Wagga, we've done a bit of a sponsorship deal there and Gangster Lewis, no, we true. fish out of the Hobie pro angler so it's, um, yeah. it's, um, I've found it, it I've only used it the once because of haven't at the time. We're pretty busy at the moment making some lures, but I've yeah. I had the one quick go at it, and I'll tell yeah. you what. In the canoes that I've been in, and then yeah, there's canoes and there's canoes, and I've and then there's a kayak and there's a Hobie Pro Angler. I reckon I reckon they're great. I've yeah. um, good for your back, um, everything you know. Didn't get a wet bum or anything, and, and it was just I mean I'm no no midget, but I was standing up in it, and and you know it was well balanced everything, and we're still working on it and completely setting it up. So um, I just can't wait to get it fully rigged up and hit the water and uh, really get amongst some fish and really test it out but i think it's going to perform really well from what i've done so far so
9: yeah no no i agree 100% mate it's um they're just a fishing machine one one fellow asked me going past um on my angler dam he's looking over it from his tinny and asked me about it and i just that's the only way i could answer it because you can find when you do spend a bit of time and you'll find that you really can spend the time in them you can do nine hours straight in them um you know there's only one way to say it i mean you can stand up and pee out of them really simply so you only have to get out of them for one reason and um in so you can really stay in them all day and and i tend to yeah um you can't too Pardon.
1: You can cart a bit of gear with them too, like the storage and, then, and everything's at your fingertips, and the, the space behind you. A lot of blokes take an Esky or the, um, you know, the Hobie Live Well tank depends where you are, but um, yep. yeah, you can cart a fair bit of stuff and yep. yeah, you go for the day like yep.
9: you said nine hours. It's not hard to take a little barbecue or whatever and go. Yeah.
0: So I gather Enjoy you me. don't have to be real fit to push them around, do you,
9: Brad? <laughs> No, you don't. You certainly don't. In fact, we've got a saying, you'll never get fit using one because of, <laughs> it's so effortless. Sounds like my uh, type yeah. of exercise. Yeah, Yeah. no, look, I'm 110 kilos and I stand up in it um, as much as I like, particularly with bass fishing. I, I know that's 90% casting, um, a little bit of deep deeper trawling, but 90% casting, um, you know, all day. So you stand, sit, do whatever you like, but... You got so much flexibility. I mean, look, I, it's hard not to endorse them. You know, they don't want, they don't need endorsing. Habe. you don't need any sort of endorsing. I know that you've got a sponsorship deal, and I don't, I don't mean to say that, but yeah. what I mean, I, I'm, they're just hard not to endorse. They really are a fishing machine, and um, you, you're so productive with your fishing, and you, you can particularly with your natives, I found, and I'm certainly no expert, but um, I've improved, um. Improve what I'm doing out of sight, and I'm getting very productive results because uh, fishing right in amongst that timber, um, and you know the scratches on my hobby will will prove how close we're getting in, yeah. or I'm getting in myself. And and um, you know it's sort of probably considered a bit bit older hat these days, but I do love trawling the hard bodies, and I do find in that real thick timber and the impoundment it is very productive and. Particularly with some good size fish, um, good size Murray cod, really because um, you can split two trees that are only a metre apart with your with your vessel. Um, you can run um, if you're going two rods, but one certainly one rod, you can pull that line right around the trunk of those at the bottom of those trees. Um, yeah, you're going to snag it, um, but that's where they live. That's why, as we all know, yeah, not in the snag's
0: um, not in the game, though. No.
9: Yeah, and I'm not telling you guys anything, but um, yes that that, uh, that what I'm fishing from is allowing me to do it, you know. And I really do mean that. I often run two rods, and I'll, I'll grab both and hold them um, vertical above my head and pull them through, and then I'll tease one around the trunk of one of those two trees, and um, you know I've I've cut cut the braid on the second rod if I've hooked up because I don't want any trouble with that rod, I've won that lure back if it floats to the top, do all sorts of things, you know, lose lots of lures, tackle back all day, lots of frustrating hours on the water, but um, I find it a very productive way to fish for some bigger models.
4: We were talking earlier to some other guys about um, just the fishing industry and and the kind of people that are involved in it and and the future and and making sure that people uh, you know, are, are making sure that, that we have a new generation of fishers or fishermen, yeah. I should say, um, yeah. coming through. So, yeah, it's great to hear that, you know, you've got fishermen like yourself that are, are just as excited to be out there in. on yeah. the water with their young kids, teaching them,
1: you know, what the, the thrill of pulling in a fish. So
9: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. It's also well, not it's
1: the right way to, to teach you how to catch them, but how to, how to <laughs> you know, like, you know I mean? It doesn't really matter. It, 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 it's more... The uh, maintenance, I suppose, if you want to call it, and care for the fish, really the release yeah, and yeah. and how to you know handle them and those sort of things. so if you catch a fish, is a bonus, but that's the bit you want to put across. How do we, how do keep them alive and mm. things like yep. that?
9: Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. all
1: right. Well, mate, thanks for having me. up yep.
9: We'll um, yeah, I've I, I enjoyed talking to you all. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll catch up no doubt
0: again. All <laughs> right, fellas, we're coming up towards the end of the show. So, what do you reckon we've learnt from our very first show? There's
1: been some good uh, points made today, Aldi, and and I think um, you know safety a big thing, and we were talking life jackets with Brad, and um, you know and make sure you've got them on. You know, it can be a sunny day and anything can happen. But I suppose another little point was too, which is common knowledge, but not to everyone. But like Merv said, is he's, he's talking about getting in the water up in the territory. Then was a the Barrow Classic. You know, it's um. It's a you only get in it unless you have to, and that's only if you if you really have to, and that's only if you can run on water. So, but um, you know that's a uh, uh, yeah. Big Merv's got a point there about that. There's probably um you know he talked about a few distances there how far they travel to fish up there. You know you're talking forty fifty k's, and and yep. and you can be a couple of hours away just working your way back. But you know I think um safety's a big issue no matter where you are, whether you're walking or you're on a boat, paddling on a canoe, kayak or whatever you're doing, I think we should be talking those sort of points. And I think life jackets, you know, just general safety around the water is probably a big thing. So, you know, they're they're probably good points to emphasise.
4: Fishing, it's a good fun, it's a good good, uh, way to spend uh, uh, the day, the afternoon uh, with your friends and your family, and you just don't want it to turn into something that, you you know, is going to be a horrible situation. So just think ahead and and play it safe.
1: Yeah, safety first. Good Good bed, you, legs.
4: Well, actually, I never knew you could get a a lure retriever so i'm i'm pretty stoked by that because uh, i'm rushing out to get one right now so thanks to Clarky from um Tackle World for getting us that information and uh also the the leader lines like okay. uh, again like i'm not a i 'm not a fisherman that goes out every weekend, and so for me i you know I, I throw a sinker on and a hook and a, and a worm and I throw it in, and this could be the reason why my fishing trips are mostly about drinking beer and talking to my dad <laughs> than mm-hmm. catching fish. So uh, next time I go out, maybe I'm going to be a bit more successful. Yeah. you get a few more lures back, you reckon. You'll yeah, start absolutely.
1: Um, filling that tackle box with some, some lures. You'll I'm going to start, start
4: favorites. thinking about starting to collect other people's lures. You'll be able so to, to just celebrate with those beers. Stop, <laughs> stop just murdering get... worms
1: and, and start <laughs> putting some plastic and lead stuff in the, in the water and start flicking them around.
3: Yep. What about you, Laz? Yeah, I, it was it was um, pretty humbling to know that uh, Murph Hughes does lose uh, fishing lures, so that's pretty good, and we're not <laughs> Roberts and Chris are there. Uh, what Clarkie was saying about the waders, I've got a, uh, I've got a pair of waders and they're pr- folded up and they're probably no good now, so if I'd hung them up like he said, um, I probably would have got some more uh, wear out of them. And... Um, and what he said about the albright knots you know with your leader and your braid che- checking it regularly you know i'm one of those guys that ties it on and thinks that yeah, she's, yep, right, she's right mm-hmm. and yep. don't give it a second look so yeah i'll probably be looking at that a little bit more regularly now
1: it's it's good to talk on all these people get a few points out you know take it across like we well, not everyone's a pro blokes a, a, a professional in their own little games in their own little way but it's a good thing to, to round up and, and you know take all those points away from the show, and that's what we want to try and do: is bring things across to everyone, give you the opportunity to ask a question, give you um, and, and provide the answer, other than trying to just gain some little thing that you are reading a paragraph out of a magazine, which they're great, but we just can go that little bit further and hope to keep doing yeah. it and and put, getting the point across for you. Talk so. to those people that's who are involved right. on the. That's right yeah at the
0: coalface face type of thing
4: which is yeah exactly so you know this shows we as much as we've had a great time uh producing this show today and talking to the people we 've spoken to today it 's not just about us it 's about the people that are listening and we want to get the information that they want out to them as much as we can so look anyone involved that 's listening involved in the fishing industry whether you 're just a keen fisherman you 've got your own little group like the guys from outcast or the fat bastards you 've got yourself a fish um, comp or something. fishing yep. comp you 've got yourself a, a fish and tackle shop, and you want to be involved in the show you want maybe to talk to us you 've got some advice you want to get out to to customers or, or you want to talk to people in your area to give them advice on on how to kind of be better at fishing catch fish in your area jump onto our Facebook page on the bite and uh, send us a message because you know we'll, we'll get in touch with you and, and hopefully we can find a spot on the show where we can um, we can talk to you we want to talk to to the people that are out there having a go good advice lugs. very good advice
0: I right, know Corey you got think Dad or Laz I should call him
3: oh no look I think um it's been good, pretty good today, and uh, for our first show. Um, looking forward to our next show already. Um, so uh, you know, if you if you're out and about and you you get a chance to wet a line, let us know. Get on onto the Facebook page, like Logs was saying. Send us a photo. Like, don't forget to like and share the page. And um, yeah, hopefully um, we can just have have that chat
4: on with
1: you and on the bike, yeah. on Facebook. Send your pics in as well. We can put them up. Any questions?
4: And keep keep coming back and checking out the Facebook page as well, because you know we're gonna we're gonna start doing some really exciting stuff with some some competitions and giveaways and things in the next few months. So you know watch watch that space because um, you could end up being a winner.
1: That's right. We're gonna have that, that many prizes. It's not funny. I've already know of a few good prizes that are coming. So keep keep tuned and uh, hopefully until then we'll catch up with you and look forward to talking to you again in the next show. Hey. Remember, this is your fishing show.
0: Everyone who gets involved makes it a successful. So Absolutely. please feel free to do what Logan and Corey and Matt have just said, and uh, we'll see you in a month's time.